0: Uh, um, so how much is that?
1: We are live. welcome everybody to the podcast editor Mastermind. I'm Carrie Eric. I'm gonna be your host for tonight. And I have with me.
2: <laughs> I'm Daniel Abendroth of Roth Media. And I'm Brian Ensminger of toptieraudio.com.
1: And, and oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I'm going <laughs>
3: to. I was just going in line with the flow. <laughs> okay,
1: go for it. Go for it.
3: <laughs> and I'm Coach Chris, owner of Elite Podcast Marketing Agency.
1: Now, I'm really excited that we have Chris Hines here today. He is somebody I've had on my wish list for this show specifically since we started it. And I'm going to read you his bio here, real quick. Since 2015, Christopher Hines has been hosting, producing, and managing podcasts. Now Chris owns the Elite Podcast Marketing Agency, where you can create your own lane. As a podcast producer and manager, Chris has generated over $20,000 through sponsorships and over 50,000 downloads on multiple podcasts. And he's the host of the Personal Branding Playbook, a podcast you should be listening to, by the way. Chris is also known as Coach Chris. He speaks around the world to business owners and companies about hosting their own podcasts. He is a sought-after industry speaker, and Coach Chris helps podcasts grow with his podcast to profit system. Thank you for being on the show today, Chris. Like I said, super excited to have you here.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm glad we all had a chance to meet at PowerFest. Um, I think after you can be on a show with somebody that you've actually met in person, it just takes the chemistry to another level. So this is fun. I'm excited to do it.
1: Yeah, well, we are certainly happy to have you here. So one of the things that I have been curious about for a long time, Because you started off as a podcaster, and you've been a podcast editor. But now you have a podcast marketing agency. What caused you to make that leap from being a podcast editor to being a podcast marketing agency?
3: Well, really, because I saw that Companies that were starting to launch podcasts, they want more. You know, if you go to any podcast editor's website, their main selling point is, I can save you time. And everybody says they can save you time. That's what an editor does. But to really separate yourself, you need to have another value point that you can add. Can you help them market their show on Instagram? Can you help them grow on LinkedIn? Do you have a group where you can help them grow? Or can you help them run Facebook ads? How can you help this company? grow their show. And as you all know, there are hundreds more podcasts now than there were at the beginning of 2020. It's just growing every single day. And so now the market is going to shift from launching a show and just getting started to not only do I need production, I need to know how to market. How do I grow? How do I get sponsored? People want so much more than just the production. So me just paying attention to industry trends, I just noticed that this is where it's going. You know, we're going to have 2 million podcasts before we know it. And those shows are going to need producers, but also marketing plans and strategies to monetize. And I would love to be the outlet to help people get there.
1: So you work with businesses primarily, is that correct?
3: Yes. I work with businesses primarily, but I also work with entertainment podcasters. I've really split up my market into two lanes. You have the entertainment shows where people are into comedy or sports or music or movies or something like that. And then on this side, I have the businesses, the companies that want to generate leads. And so the goals of both of these types of podcasters are different. So I've created systems and tools to help both types of podcasters be successful.
1: So... One more question. (laughs) How do you find... Because a lot of companies, especially larger companies, use a traditional marketing agency. How do you find those agencies to understand podcasting? Like, Is there a reason, say, a business would go with your podcasting marketing agency as opposed to a traditional marketing agency?
3: It's actually easier than you think because marketing agencies are really traditional with only social media and all that stuff, which isn't bad. But I don't go after companies that I have to convince. If a company already has a podcast, that's my ideal client. So my only goal is to show them, hey, your podcast could be doing two, three times better than it is right now. Because most shows are treated like entertainment shows when they're really business shows. And if you're a business show and you want to generate leads for your software product or for your coaching business or you're an author, you want to sell more books, your podcast is going to help you do that. But you can't treat it like an entertainment show. So... A lot of it is really switching their thinking from being an entertainment show, like a radio show, to being a business show, but not just making a whole show, this uh, commercial to sell their product, something that's informative and uh, really educational for their audience that builds their brand.
1: So do you find that... These companies aren't looking to their marketing agencies that they may already be employing to create podcasts. Are they simply going it out on their own? Is it the CEO who's just creating it? You know, what what is happening with that?
3: (laughs) It's funny. That is a great question. And one thing I'm working on now is I actually partner with a marketing agency, you know so when people come to them and they ask for that podcast they can send them straight to me and then I get a piece of that revenue and they get paid as well so a lot of what my agency will be doing is partnering with a lot of other digital media companies that have clients that are interested you know so it happens a lot actually where people are paying someone else to produce the show or create the show and they're like wait we need something better for this and that's where I come in and Again, it's so new and fresh that it's not really popular right now. But this is the transition I think editors need to make because I'm just one agency and I only work with a certain type of business as well. So if you started a podcast marketing agency to only work with health podcasts, you can go to all the top health coaches on Instagram to have a podcast and not only do the production for their show, but also do the marketing for their show. So getting niche down is actually going to help a lot of people as well.
1: Okay, I so, won't ask you any more questions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> One of the things I, I'm wondering is
2: I don't consider myself a very good marketer. And so I'm looking at this and going, I like the idea of the agency model in particular because I think that it provides something that's really hard to make into a commodity. But it's not necessarily an easy path to get there. So what was it that prepared you to not just be a podcaster and not just be an editor, but actually to transition to being a producer and an agency owner and a marketer?
3: Well, really, I take the whole marketing and sales kind of thought process out of it. To me, um, this is one of my strategies I learned from the business world and something I just kind of put together myself. The strategy I use to get clients is my CCC method. Content plus conversations equals conversions, So I create content my ideal client wants, and then I have a conversation with them, whether it's in the comments or in a direct message. And then we get on the phone and I close that client. So I don't really look at myself as a traditional marketer where I'm running a ton of ads nonstop or recording a bunch of webinars. I personally hate webinars. (laughs) Um, So what I do is I talk to a lot of people on LinkedIn. I talk to a lot of people on Facebook. I talk to a lot of people on Instagram. And one of my strategies is I actually do what I call a podcast audit. When podcasters have their show, you know, if they're struggling with it, they can, I tell them, hey, send it to me and I'll check out your show, listen to a few episodes and show you the key areas you can improve. You know, I give them one out of five mics on multiple categories and then provide them with uh, marketing strategies as well. So I've created a really unique lead generation system and kind of added in a sort of a demo to working with me as well. So it's really, really unique and it works very well. So what kind of content are you creating? Oh, yeah, this is a really great question. I create carousel posts and I use videos with subtitles. Those two pieces of content are the best piece of content that I create outside of the podcast. I say that because I can post a carousel post on Instagram or on LinkedIn, and the engagement is always crazy because people have to swipe through, they're reading the slides. It is ridiculous how many questions I get, how many DMs I get. And one thing I'm working on is actually adding even more carousel posts into my marketing strategy.
0: So for those of us who don't know, what are what is a carousel post?
3: Oh, so a carousel post is when you put multiple images together. So instead of posting one, I post sometimes three, sometimes five. Most of the time I post 10 because when I post 10 carousel images, it allows me to go through and put the title of an episode here and then ask a question or give them data on the second post and then go all the way through with the numbers. So carousels are what everybody should be doing. So as an example, let's say you wanted to teach people here a few ways you can start editing better or something like that. And I've seen a guy do this on LinkedIn. It's really powerful. You would post something like five keys to editing your podcast episodes faster. Right. And you just give them strategies or something like that. And I know if to the average editor, it sounds like, man, well, I'm telling them how to do my job. You're teaching them how to do your job because what most people don't want to do is the work themselves. When you tell them how much time it can take to do your job at your professional level, a lot of those people are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, so as soon as you get that response, that's great because you say, hey, look, for this small fee, I can take that off your hands and make your life easier. So you're setting them up to actually ask for your help.
1: So marketing to, say, a business, is that different than marketing to your entertainment
3: podcasts? Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. Because the businesses usually want to generate leads. They want a full package that's professional because they have more money to spend. You know, when you tell them, hey, it's going to be the monthly retainer to launch the show to be 5K. Monthly retainer is fifteen hundred bucks. They're like, okay, well, what do we get for that? And it's your job to then convey the value of that offer. With entertainment shows, they're usually looking for a discount. They usually want it to be less. And I have packages for those people as well, like I said, but the businesses want more structure, whereas entertainment shows are usually like, well, we can only pay this much. So what can you cut off the top to get us down to a lower price? right? So you got to really understand how to work with the entertainment shows because the businesses, they want more structure, but you can charge a lot more.
1: Are you using the same content to generate those business leads?
3: Actually, no. So I had to recently launch a new Instagram account. I'm launching a whole new podcast. I have the book coming out. I do articles for the businesses to generate those leads is different carousel posts as well. A lot of the content has to be very, very different because their goals are different than entertainment shows. So what I'm selling to the businesses is you can generate more leads by working with me. With entertainers, I have to sell more downloads and sponsorships. What they desire is different. So the content has to be different as well.
1: I was afraid of that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It, It is a lot. It is a lot. I will say that. And I think, One of my rules, I just have a a rule that I live by now to really help my business continue to scale and grow. I post at least one piece of content every day on two platforms. It could be a video that goes on Instagram and Facebook, it could be a carousel post that's on Instagram and LinkedIn. But every day, I post at least two forms of one form of content on two platforms. That really keeps me in the mind of my ideal prospects.
0: See, that fills me with dread because creating content on social media is like a huge hurdle for me. So just like the idea of like creating two things, like for two platforms, you know, is it sounds very daunting.
3: No, 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 I'm not saying create two (laughs) things. And this is what I do. I'm glad you said that because (laughs) I used to feel the same way. So I've created an amazing system to save a lot of time. This is what I mean. I can make one carousel post and I can post the photos on Instagram as one post combine it as a PDF file and add it to LinkedIn. That's another post. Now, I can also repurpose this another way. The caption that I use for Instagram, I can copy that to LinkedIn as well. I can break it up into tweets and put it in a thread on Twitter. And I can also add it as a Facebook post with just the description for that carousel post. So that's one Carousel post with the description that I can put on four platforms. But if you want to stretch it out, you can take the description you posted for Instagram on Monday, and then just post the cover photo for your carousel on Facebook with that caption as the actual you know breakdown. So it's about really being strategic so you do less work. Plus, I batch <laughs> my content. So like I have this mm. huge light and the camera and the mic. So when I sit down, I record all of my content for one week. In one day, so in about two hours, I record all my content, and I don't have to record anything else. Are you I like planning that.
1: this as well? Like you're you're scripting out what the content's going to be and how you're going to break it up.
3: Yes. So I take one whole day. Not well. Let me be clear. I take about an hour and a half the day before I record to plan the content, so that when I sit down to make the carousel post. I'm just going through Photoshop and adding things. So it's quicker. I have templates made already. Just go in and fill and copy and paste. Very simple. With videos, I have a breakdown. So when I sit down in front of the camera, I write my bullet points on a post-it note, cover my camera on the screen, record, boom, it's done. So breaking it down that way is how you can create a lot of content in a very short period of time. I know it's hard for a lot of people to get in the rhythm of, but once you get this system down, it's really, really going to change your business. Like, if I didn't do that, I would not be on stage speaking as much. I wouldn't sell any books or anything. I, it just wouldn't work because I wouldn't be in the mind of my customers because I'm not putting money into ads. So, if you're going to grow your business, you either have to pay for ads or put out content. I put out a lot of content, so I don't have to spend as much on ads. So,
2: the thing I like about the way you shared that you're doing this content creation and then repurposing it, I guess, is probably the way I would think of it, is I've 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 always heard of the Gary Vaynerchuk approach, which is basically a really garbage Zoom recording that gets turned into a podcast <laughs> that gets turned into 57 <laughs> short videos to post to YouTube, <laughs> and, like that. What you're describing, I think, actually has a lot more value. Um, it, how, how did you come up with that approach?
3: <laughs> Honestly, part of it was Gary v. I'll be <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
1: I feel like he made because, it better though.
3: <laughs> because I noticed that Gary Vee says that, but he has a team of over 200 employees Yeah, only for social media. Like that's insane. So my thought process was, if I'm doing this myself, then I need to break this down to where content isn't consuming my life. So I said, instead of trying to do everything in one day at one time, I take Wednesday to plan my content. I'll record on Thursday. I do my editing on Friday and then I write my descriptions and make thumbnails on Saturday and then I schedule on Sunday. And this works. And this is amazing because last week I tried this out. I posted a video and a new podcast episode every day. I post it on every social media platform that I'm on and even YouTube. So it's very, very, very important that you just have a system you can constantly use and rely on because that's going to help your business grow. So I don't have a name for it or anything yet, but it's literally just an hour a day to create your content. Just one hour, five days, you can make a whole week of content. Uh,
2: maybe that should be your name, Coach Chris. Is one hour a day? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I, I would do a total. I would totally do a challenge with you. I think you need to do a challenge. Mm. So I, so I'm motivated to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that because I was actually on a call with my business coach this morning, and I've been working on a Reaper course for. Two years now, quote unquote, working on, but like it's getting more serious. And it's, we're talking about spending like so many hours in a week to do it. And just like the idea of like setting aside an entire day to focus on creating a course is just, it's a lot. However, like breaking that up, you know, two hours a day and those like bite sized chunks, I feel like not only is it a lot easier, It's a lot more productive because if you just like say, like, I'm gonna spend eight hours today doing this, how much of that can actually be productive before your mind just kind of starts to melt?
3: Oh, yeah, you get exhausted. It's I tried that and it's just tiring. But when you sit down and say, Okay, I'm gonna post and I break it down this way. I'm gonna post three videos next week and two carousels. So, what do I need to really break this down so I can be ready to record tomorrow? I have the title. At the top, I write down at least three to five bullet points of actual content that I'm teaching or the story I'm telling. And then I have a call to action. And I do that for the carousel posts and videos. If I'm going to go live, I do the same thing over and over and over again. So now when you have that kind of system, then you can start really focusing on what do I want to teach today? What do I want to really deliver? Like that's really, really valuable.
1: I know we've been talking about creating content. There may be a lot of new podcast editors listening or watching who are sitting here thinking, but how do I know what content to create? Do you have tips for figuring that
3: out or a place you start personally? How I break down content is you need to have different types of content for your brand to be successful. One type of content is storytelling. That's the easiest because you're telling your personal story, the story of your business, how you got started editing. I even tell my most embarrassing stories. Like when I lost my key to my house and I had to walk like 20 miles home. Like It's a (laughs) funny story. My audience has heard a lot. Or I tell my tragic stories. When I was a homeless college student, I lived in my car for six months. You know, telling stories are going to build your brand. And You take a step back from just being a podcast editor and people see you as a person and then they make that connection. So now they may not need podcast editing today, but everybody now either has a podcast or knows somebody's with one. So they're going to reach out to you and say, hey, my friend needs an editor. Did he say you edit podcasts? It happens all the time. So storytelling is one type of content. Number two is actually what I call viral content. So when something happens in the podcast industry, that's content for you as a podcast editor because your whole brand should be around podcasting overall. Until you can niche down and find, you know, 20 clients within your industry that you can work with consistently, your whole brand should be podcast content. So if something happens with Spotify, if a company gets bought, if you have an opinion on what happened with Joe Rogan, you should comment on that in your content. So for me, sometimes content is a one minute video just talking about something on my phone like this. That's content, just giving your opinion. So storytelling, viral content, and then you also have how-to content where you're teaching the audience something. How to plan your podcast episodes. Or one thing, one post I think every editor should do, how to add your podcast to iTunes, how to add your podcast to Spotify. Because you may think it's like, Basic knowledge, but I promise you, most people have no idea how to do that stuff. I kid you not. A guy on Twitter hit me up one day. He's like, aren't you the podcast guy? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's me. He's like, I want to add my show to Spotify and iTunes. Can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So how much would you charge me? I'm like, nothing. And so I went and did it for him. And I kid you not. He asked me for my PayPal link and he sent me $200 to do that. So just having those basic skills, but also showing people you have that those skills and that knowledge can earn you the money that you want. So the three types of content you go with are storytelling, viral content, and how-to content.
2: Is that like evenly across all of them or do you bias towards something?
3: I, I think in the beginning, you want to go evenly across all of them and you really want to take your time. And then if you're comfortable... You can do sales content as well. And sales content is three reasons why you need a podcast editor or five steps to hiring a podcast editor. As editors, that's some content you want to put out because somebody that's looking for an editor might literally Google that. How do I hire a podcast editor? That's sales content. And I only, this is one of my rules about sales content. I only post sales content on Friday and I usually run a sale with it as the call to action. That's how you get a lot of sales quickly. So if you know you're traveling, or you got a holiday coming up and you want to make some extra money, that's the kind of ad you would run. Here are three reasons why you need to hire a podcast editor. One, two, three. If you are looking for an editor, make sure you send me a message because this weekend I have a 20% off sale for the first month you work with me. Boom.
2: So we've talked a little bit about content and you've talked about some ideas for where to get that. I think one of the things that I remember you talking about at PodFest was the idea of really understanding who your ideal customer was. And you had a really specific approach to that. I'm wondering, is that something you could share with us for the perspective of a podcast editor, not just a podcaster?
3: Yeah, it's funny you ask that. Um, I I talk to you about this every day because I think it's something that everybody struggles with. In the beginning, it's so hard. What I think most podcast editors should do is find one industry that you want to be an editor for. There are thousands of podcasts in the sports world. There are thousands of podcasts in the health world. There are thousands of podcasts in religion. You need to get in one of those industries and become the podcast editor for that industry. For me, I love to do sports podcasts. So when I was editing, I wanted to do a ton of those. Steve, shout out to Steve, because he did show me a lot of love and (laughs) helped me out. trained me a lot. I appreciate you, Steve. When I worked with Steve, I was only doing financial podcasts, which wasn't bad because I always learned something, but it was pretty boring. So then I got into sports and that's where I had more fun because I just naturally knew more about sports and I knew more about how to create content there and how to build a brand in that market as well. So I say get specific and niche down in that way because it's going to lead to you offering more services to your clients there. So if you're interested in finances, that's great. Go to the financial industry and you can literally go to iTunes, go to the charts and search financial podcasts, go to that category, find the owner of all those podcasts, send them an email. Hey, do you have an editor? Do you have a marketer for your show? If you don't, I would love to help you out. Let's start a conversation. That's how I got my editing jobs. I would literally reach out to people nonstop.
1: Would you suggest using those industry hashtags in that niche? I mean, we market a lot to, you know, podcast editors in general. I see market a lot to, you know, hashtag podcasters of Instagram or podcasters. Do you think the industry hashtag is maybe even more important
3: Yes, it definitely is. And that's actually something that I do on LinkedIn and Instagram, where I follow hashtags of my ideal listeners, my ideal customers, because if they post content, I want to engage to start a conversation. If they have questions, I want to engage and start a conversation. If you see them on Instagram posting about their podcast under the health is wealth podcaster hashtag, that's the perfect And for you to follow that person, start engaging with their content. And after about a week, then you send them a message. Hey, I love your podcast. I left you a review on iTunes. And don't lie. Actually leave them a review. (laughs) (laughs) Take the time to listen to their show. Leave them a review because people love that and they really appreciate it. Then you let them know, hey, I'm an editor. I love editing health podcasts. I know you talk about fitness all the time. I love your guests. It's amazing. It would be a privilege for me to work with you. That's how you start a conversation. And this is the thing. This approach, this one-to-one approach is great if you hate marketing or selling because you don't have to be this fake persona. You can just be yourself and talk to these people. Hey, I'm an editor. You have a problem. I have a solution. That's going to help you grow your business every single day. And I would just
1: add to that, um, don't insult their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear that they're having an audio problem, you don't necessarily need to point that out to get their business. Because I've seen some stuff <laughs> where it's like, yeah, that seems kind of, you don't want to put that negative into your kind of sales mm. pitch, really, is is what I'm saying, essentially. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially if they're doing it themselves and they don't know that it's bad because like, it's your podcast, it's your baby. You don't want somebody coming in saying how bad it is. It's like...
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think
2: along those lines, we have a comment in the chat as well. Steve Vischer says that's how... I hope I said your name right. If I mispronounced it, I'm sorry. Says that that's how he got his first client. He took a show, remastered it, and sent it back to them. So yeah, it's not something I've typically done. I always feel a little bit weird about downloading somebody else's thing and monkeying with it, but maybe that could work. For Steve, it certainly did. Yeah.
1: I want to just kind of go back to something Chris said earlier, and that is when the guy on Twitter reached out to you, to Chris, about getting their show on Spotify and iTunes, and you said, I'll just do it for you. Because you didn't go in there with like, oh, I'll charge you two, $300 to do this. I'm just going to, it's so easy. Everybody should be able to do it. I'm just going to do it for you because that's just, it'll take me a few seconds. It really does only take a few seconds. And then he turned around and gave you money for it. And I just want to kind of highlight how being helpful really helps build that relationship with people. When you offer to do that like quick five minute thing for somebody, they remember that. And they will go back to you. I have gotten clients that way. I've gotten a, quite a few clients that way just because I took a minute to do something that was incredibly hard for them, but was like a five-minute task for me.
3: That's branding. To me, that's branding because you're taking the time to provide somebody with a solution. I hate when gurus say, to like, give value because it's so overdone. I say
1: that all the time, but But I don't know what else to call it.
3: (laughs) What I like to say is to provide people with solutions, because when you solve problems, you get paid. We love the iPhone because it solves a lot of our problems. Before I had an iPhone, I had to print out directions on MapQuest. Like now I can just type in where I'm going on my phone and it's going to tell me where to go. That solves a massive problem. So, yes, I'm going to pay a thousand dollars for it for you. As a podcast editor, you let them know I'm here to solve your problem. And even if you have to do something like Carrie said, something for free, where you're just adding a show to other platforms, that's not a lot. I have another pro tip for you guys. This is really, really good. There's another app that I've been using. It's called PodPage. PodPage is a great app for podcasters to market their show. You should offer this as an extra service to set up podcasts on this app. For I would say about 20 to 30 bucks, because this is a way podcasters can literally have a podcast website. It is amazing. And paying for it, I think it's only five bucks a month. I'm not 100% sure, but reach out to me. I do have a promo code. Reach out to me. I can send that to you personally. My name is up here, my at name. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. That is a, an, an amazing in service, kind of get your foot in the door with a prospect. Only 20 bucks. Because then, when you do that service for them, they'll want to come back. I promise you for that editing, and then pay you as a monthly client.
0: So, real quick, while we're on the topic of tools, what are you mentioned Photoshop? Going back to like content creation, what are some tools that you use to help kind of facilitate that?
3: Oh, um, I have a ton of tools, man, a ton of tools.
1: (laughs) Can we just get the list? There we go.
3: I'm talking about all of them in the book. Podcasting is branding. I'm actually working on my own software as well, so this is it's going to be big. Whoa! Photoshop is one, but if you don't want to make carousel posts yourself, you can go to Fiverr and outsource that. And for about ten to fifteen bucks, you can get a post done. I say that because investing that ten dollars, that's like one fast food trip. I bought my first few carousel posts before I started on Photoshop. I bought about five for about 50 bucks and I posted them on LinkedIn and one of the posts actually helped me attract a client and then I made like $2,000. So that $10 investment made me 2 grand. So don't think that investing in your business is a bad thing. I'm telling you it's worth it. Another great tool is Headliner, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. But another tool that I found and I looked deep into the depths for this one is called Happy Scribe. That's one I use to add. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Sorry.
3: (laughs) Yes, it's very, very useful. And it's one I use to add subtitles to my videos. Because if you have a video where you're talking about the best podcast editor's tools or how to get your podcast on iTunes, like we talked about earlier, you want to put subtitles on your videos because they're on Instagram or LinkedIn. People aren't going to watch if there are no subtitles. And I've tested this multiple times and a video with subtitles is going to get literally seven to eight times more engagement. It's ridiculous. So subtitles are very important. V.io, that's another video editing app. And that one is better than Happy Scribe because you can add the really cool titles at the top and really brand it up and have your colors and everything. And while we're on that, I think branding is important when it comes to colors in your brand presentation. People can really recognize and connect with that. Honestly, the impact that had on my business, I kind of underestimated in the beginning. But the colors you choose are very important. Take that part seriously. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's what I talked about at the podcast editors conference. Well, that's what I touched on. Colors mean something. They have feelings. There's a difference between the shade of purple I use and another shade of purple. They have two different, like one is cheap and gross <laughs> 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 and outdated and the other is modern. Right. So and luxurious. So that's something that definitely you Should consider it. But speaking of branding, like, you know, you said the colors are important. How important is the rest of all the branding elements that you have? And what, well, first of all, for people who might not know, what kind of things fall under the category of branding?
3: Not only the colors, I think I look at branding as kind of a a layer perspective. Colors is kind of down here, it's important, but not the most important. What's the most important is your message. So your message is like the most important at the top. Like that's above everything else. And I'll be honest, podcast editors, please stop delivering the same message of I can save you time. You have to have something different because everyone says that. You've got to go to something else. So your message has to be: I can make your show sound professional. I can give you a better presentation. I can help you get more attention. You have to have some kind of offer that's better than just that I can save you time. Right? So then the layer under that is, you. I really like to call it positioning because that sets up who you're actually talking to. For me, my positioning is on LinkedIn, it's on Facebook and on Instagram because I know my ideal clients are there. Now I'm on Twitter a lot but I'm not really positioned that much as an expert on Twitter, nowhere near as like I am on Facebook or LinkedIn. So positioning is second because you want to be where your prospects are. That's part of your brand. If you want to work with podcasters, you should not be on Snapchat every day. There are not a lot of podcasters on Snapchat. <laughs> let's be honest. Like, <laughs> Honestly, nobody's on Snapchat. Let's be real. And <laughs> I know a lot of people are selling you on TikTok right now, but let's be honest, how many podcasters that have money that can pay you are actually on TikTok? It's not that many, right? So don't waste your time trying to build a position there. Put your energy into building a position somewhere where you know your clients are. Now, after that, we get to things like the colors and your website, definitely having like your portfolio set up and everything so you have proof of what you've done. But another thing I like what uh, the commenter, what he mentioned is doing episodes for free. A great way to build your brand is to work with somebody that's very, very relevant in the market. Sometimes that might be for free. Steve did it perfectly. Now, if I was an editor to what I would do is go to the top 200 podcasters in my ideal niche, edit their podcast. And once they say yes, even if they don't have you as a client, if they take it and they say, wow, you did a great job. That is now a testimonial. That's going to build your brand credibility. So those free projects, I would, one thing I always tell people is, I'm going to do this for free, but I need your feedback. I need a video testimonial. Just explain how great it was to work with me and how great my service was. 30 seconds. Once you get five of those, your business explodes. It becomes way easier to get more.
1: I like that. and that's not really free. Like Those video testimonials, that, that feedback takes time for mm-hmm. the person you edited for. So then you're putting in the sweat equity and then they're giving you something back for it. So I like, I really like that. I really like that. That's one thing our, our Just Busters group does really well is we get a lot of people doing free editing in exchange for a testimonial. I've done it. I've had people edit for my business that way and give, and I gave, guy give awesome
3: testimonials. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but, but remember that's at the bottom like everybody telling you start off with your message why are you editing podcasts and why do you want to edit this show like this type of show why is it important to you that is a major major key because if your message isn't on point then people just look at you as just another editor that just wants a quick buck your message should have something to tie into with that industry and that market so you can be an editor for a lifetime. Because if I hire an editor for my show, I don't want to have one person this month and a different person next month because they're just trying to make money. So you have to be there for the long haul and you want to convey that in your message.
2: One of the (laughs) things I'm wondering, and I'm not sure who put the question in our notes, but we've talked a lot about branding and some ways to do it right. So you've got the different levels and things like that. I'm wondering... What are the, not the most common, but the worst mistakes you see editors making in terms of their branding?
3: We already talked about saying I can save you time with bad messaging. But another one is just not having a good website. What's really important is that you have a great website set up and it doesn't have to be a $20,000 website. I'm not saying that. But you need a website set up so that if I message you and I say, hey, I need an editor, you don't have to scramble to send me links to multiple dropbox folders and google drive that's too much of a headache you should have one page where you just have proof on that whole page where it's maybe five to seven episodes you edited before and it could just be clips that's more than enough have a few logos up there just talking about who you have worked with right but when you don't have a website that doesn't give you any credibility i've talked to editors before i was trying to hire and i asked them hey do you have any proof like how many shows have you edited what shows did you edit? Can I hear something? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I can't find them. And it's like, how am I supposed to hire you? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you have some proof. Why would I hire you if you haven't done anything like this? But you have to have some proof. Set up a website. And again, use WordPress. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Keep it really basic.
0: So we got a question in the Facebook chat. How do you manage client deadlines when you have a lot of things lined up? Have you ever missed a deadline? And how did you explain that to the client?
3: Oh, man, I actually have missed a deadline. I've had people ask for refunds. I've had people with multiple, multiple questions for alterations. I've dealt with all of that, man. First of all, how do you deal with deadlines when you have a lot of things lined up? For me, I manage my time very, very well. So even if I do have a deadline, I'm super busy, I'm still going to have time set aside to just check the show and go over it to make sure it sounds great. So even then, at the very last second when I'm supposed to send it, if it's still not done correctly, if there's still mess ups on it, I can go through and fix that. So I'm always leaving extra time for my clients. And I look at it this way. If you think it's going to take you an hour to edit a show, you need to set aside at least two and a half hours. So just so you have extra time to take care of that. And if you do mess up and you can't fix it in time, you let the client know, hey, look, I messed up. I'm sorry about that. It won't happen again. I like to give them a refund on a percentage of their payment just to keep that relationship solid. But sometimes people don't want that. They just want the full refund. So you let them go. But you want to always communicate to the client. That's the most important thing. Never ignore them. Don't try to run from them. Don't try to act like you didn't do anything wrong. Own up to your mistakes and then communicate effectively. That will completely ruin your business. If people can go around saying that you didn't answer an email or you ignored their text for days, that's worse than being late, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you do mess up, just say, hey, look, it's going to be late for a few hours to solve.
1: Yeah, I think that communication thing is important. If you foresee you have a problem or there might be some issue, give that client a heads up because it's better to exceed that expectation than it is to disappoint. So apps, it's better yeah. to be
0: proactive than reactive.
1: Right. Yes. Right. Cause the, then I, you know, the client shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. Right. And it's mm-hmm. always, you know, I hate to say the customer's always right, but in a lot of ways, yeah, they are. Because that's why they're paying you. So they don't have to deal with it. So they don't have... And they don't want to babysit. They don't They don't want to worry about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be proactive. Totally. 100%. We're getting towards the end of the show. Although I wish we could talk about this, like, for <laughs> oh, hours. Because, <dude>. <laughs> like... Yes. Yeah. I could talk about branding and marketing for hours.
0: We're going to have a part so, two at some point, for sure. We're
1: going to have to. Because <laughs> there are just so many things. Chris, you were doing a lot of cool things recently. (laughs) Do you want to talk about some of those things? Like what's up with the Podcast Loyalty Club?
3: So that's the community I'm creating for podcasters. I want to help more podcasters earn money creating their content. I'm on a ton of newsletters. I have a ton of connections in the advertising space. So I'm able to see how much money is being spent. And in July, companies like Geico they spent 1.2 million. Raycon spent over 900 thousand just on podcast advertising in one month.
1: Yeah. And that, so, I just want uh, that was in pod news, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah, yeah. breakdown of that. So people should yes. definitely, as a podcast editor, you should know this. So
3: yeah, right. And this right. that's another tip too. Just if you're a podcast editor, join these newsletters so you can stay in the know. It's going to help your business tremendously. But even besides that, companies like Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio, they get these deals with these major companies for $100,000, $500,000. And then they pay podcasters literally 10% of that. And the company keeps all the money. So I'm creating this club because I want podcasters to know how to grow their show and how to get sponsors and keep them around. The beautiful thing about it is I'm going to need a ton of editors. I'm bringing in editors. So if you are an editor, you're great at your job. You have proof you've done it before. If you're new, (laughs) I probably might still take you. Just talk to me personally. (laughs) And (laughs) If you're an editor, whenever you bring someone in, you get 10% of what they pay for the first month. And that's your show to edit as long as they stay within the club. So we have two tiers in the club. Tier number one is 500 bucks a month for four episodes of production and then some other content to market their podcast. So you as an editor, you get a large percentage of that when they sign up and then they stick with us monthly. You keep getting that when you edit their show. And our second tier is at $1,000 a month and that's where they get the editing, the marketing materials, but also a consulting. some one-on-one sessions with me monthly and then access to more of a group setting of consulting. And some of the courses I've put out, I'm giving away my books and stuff. It's just going to be a lot of value for podcasters that commit on this high level. So this is really great for editors as well, because you get to be a part of this forum. When you bring someone in and now you brought a client to the company, you get 150 or 100 bucks for bringing that person in and then $300 for producing that show every single month as long as they stay with us. So it's really a great way for editors to not only get more clients because you don't have to be the salesperson anymore. If you don't like sales, but you want to edit and you know somebody that wants editing, send them to us. If we sign them, we still pay you. And then you just do the editing part, making the life extremely easy for you as an editor. Now you can just be comfortable. Like Brian said, he doesn't want to market or sell. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I really wanted to create this club, though, so podcasters can really reach that next level because this is only the beginning of podcasting. We're still in the young stages. Companies are transitioning away from radio advertising and commercials and billboards. They're going to YouTube, Facebook ads, and podcasters. So as podcasters start to build their platforms, the agency is going to be there to produce and market those shows at a very high level, and I want some great editors to be a part of that because I don't have time to edit, so I need you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that that uh, kind of the the catch twenty two of when you start to really grow your business as a podcast editor, you have less and less time to actually edit podcasts. But
0: well, you've mentioned books. Tell us about oh, what yeah. you what books you have or what you're working on.
3: So I have one book that Brian already has, but I'm not putting that <laughs> one out. Here. It's a we'll edit it's that a, out. It's, <laughs> it's still a secret. That one is not going live until December. I'll be doing a lot of marketing. Then you'll hear a lot about it. But the book that's coming out on September 28th, that's launching with my new show as well, is podcasting is branding. This is a great book because it's going to break down everything in terms of how podcasting can build literally any business whether you're trying to build an editing business a shoe company you sell mattresses whatever you sell can be amplified with a podcast and it's going to be valuable to editors because you're going to see all of the strategies that I've been using for years to market shows and how I've built my agency because we're really close to hitting that six figure mark i can't say i'm a six figure agency just yet i'm right there though i'm right there <laughs> and you're going to learn, okay, this is what he did. This is how he did it. Now you can go implement all of that yourself in your industry, in your niche. So it's going to be a game changer for everyone out there that is in the podcast world, because now you get to see the actual insights of this. And I've waited so long to write this book because I wanted to write it as soon as I started podcasting in like 2015. But I told myself, just wait and be patient until I learn more. And now I've been able to work on the sponsorship side. I work with advertising. I've gotten my show sponsored. I got other shows sponsored. I had a network at one point. I've done editing and hosting, everything in podcasting. So now I can take all that knowledge from years and speaking and all of these connections and interviews, put it into one book and deliver it to the world. Super excited. I'm excited about that.
2: Is that available for pre-order?
3: It's not available for pre-order yet, but if you send me a message, I can give you a (laughs) discount on the bundle. It's because I'm putting out a course with it too. So it's going to be just, I like to do everything solution oriented. So it's always going to be packed to just so much value all at once. So September 28th, Everything will be available. But again, if you are interested in pre-ordering that, if you want to get a copy now, just message me. If you're an editor and you want to get more editing done, I always need editors on my team. You see I'm building something massive for you. Oh, and one more thing I want to mention too. Editors, when you bring somebody in and you become a part of the team, you also get access to the consulting as well. So if you have a podcast, you get access to the club too, you know, as part of your perk and your deal. So I'm super excited for this, man. If you have any questions... That's my at name. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Send me a message. I talk to everybody. I don't bite. I promise. <laughs> and for awesome. those that
2: are listening and can't see the screen, the at name is at the coach Chris underscore. And we'll have that linked up in the episode notes for you so that you can get that. Sorry, Daniel. I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Oh, no, no, not at all. I was just excited.
1: <laughs> oh, oh no. I have one last question because of course I, mean, I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Spoiler alert, it's not the last question. <laughs> it's
1: not the last question. But I promise, I promise after this, I will not ask any more questions because it's getting late. How much, or how important, Chris, do you think it is for podcast editors to invest in their education, whether that be business, whether that be in the, you know, learning the audio techniques, like, and how much percentage maybe, how much do you invest in that education?
3: That is a great question. I talk to people about this all the time because when it comes to athletes investing in their training to be better athletes, that's normal. But if people see somebody selling a course or a coaching program, for some reason that seems strange to the world. And I think we need to make it normal in other industries and markets to invest in your business and your education so you can be better at what you do. I believe every single podcast editor should invest in learning how to do marketing and sales. Even if you're uncomfortable, what's going to happen is when you spend you know, $1,000 on a course or $5,000 on a coaching program is you're going to learn how to build your business even more. And then you don't have to sell their way. A lot of the people who coach me on how to do marketing and sales, I just took certain things I like from them and created my own way. With my content, I paid to learn how to do content production, but I realized I didn't like that way, so I made my own. So I think it's really important for us to invest in ourselves at the highest level possible. Obviously, I'm not saying go broke or overcharge your credit card, but investing in reading books, listening to educational podcasts. like I listen to literally five agency podcasts a week because I own an agency. It's that simple. So you, you have to invest in yourself if you're a business owner and you want to continue to grow your business. Yes.
0: Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you're listening and you want to be a guest on the show, whether you are an expert in something related to podcast editing or your podcast editor that is struggling with something and you want to come on and we can mastermind with you and come up with a solution for whatever you're struggling with, just go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com. You'll see a link on the top that says, be a guest, fill out the form, and then we'll get in touch with you.
1: And thank you so much for joining us, Chris. If people want to follow you on the socials, how can they do that?
3: Yes. Like I said, thank you guys for having me. This is always fun. Find me on Twitter or Instagram at thecoachchris underscore. I'm on Facebook as well. Search for me, Christopher Hines. You can search for our company page, the Elite Podcast Marketing Agency. And and again, if you're an editor, just reach out. You can even send me an email, admin at thecoachchris.com.
1: Thank you very much. And guys, you want to see yourselves out?
0: (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) Daniel Avendroth.
0: And you can find me at rothmedia.audio.
2: I'm Brian Entzminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And also shout out to Jennifer Longworth of bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com, who's been in the chat for us today, moderating the comments.
1: And I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. And come follow me on Instagram and let's play at (laughs) Carrie Eric. So thank you, everybody. And I guess that's it. Bye bye. Ah, uh, um,
0: so how much is that? Huh? Um, I, um, uh, um, uh,
3: um.
1: Um. Um. Uh, um. um, so, um uh. Uh. <laughs> is that how we end the show? I forget how we end the show.